is Linda J. Wolf, narrator and author and your personal development coach. In today's episode, I want to talk about one phrase, one phrase I wrote this morning as I was reflecting on how far I had come throughout my life. That one phrase was, I am deaf to you now. Now, I'm going to say that again. I wrote, I am deaf to you now. Now, in hearing this phrase, I know you could ask yourself questions like, what does she mean by this? Now, Now, let me finish by adding more to this phrase, which now makes this a piece of micro-poetry. I am deaf to you now. I am deaf to the voices that have kept this soul empty. This time, I will not feel the twinges that ask me to devalue myself. See, dear soul, you deserve better. Now, what did I mean? Let's let's dig deeper into this. Let's dig deeper into each sentence. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about my soul. I'm talking about, I'm using this in reference to your soul. There's several definitions in the dictionary for the word deaf, but there's one in particular that I'm going to use. The unwillingness to hear or listen, not to be persuaded. Ah, that's the one I'm going to use. Now I'm gonna read I'm gonna read this micro poetry again to you. I am deaf to you now. I am deaf to the voices that have kept my soul empty. Now, to the voices. Now we're gonna go back to it. Not to be persuaded is what the um, definition of the dictionary. Now, we can apply that to ourselves in healing. We are deaf to the voices of the past. We are deaf to some particular pieces in history that we don't want to be repeated. We are deaf to the patterns, the behaviors we used to make. We are now going to stand in that we are deaf to it. We are, we are not going to be consumed and absorbed in a behavior or a pattern that didn't propel us forward. I came across, um, he's a young writer and his name is um, Young young Pueblo, and and out of his book, Inward, I found this on Amazon, and he kind of thinks the same way that I think. He wrote this this morning on his Instagram page. People who experience deep suffering are still gentle with others, do not get enough credit. To not let the hard things that happen to you when is heroic work. To drop the bitterness 
and still live with an open heart despite all despite it all is a massive gift to the world i can completely agree with him it's it's in reference to the same thing of writing a self-healing poetry i am going to become deaf to those voices that want me to fail see these are choices between the conscious and the subconscious we all have a choice in life we all have a choice a lot of a lot of, i i listen to psychiatrists and philosophers saying well it's the drink that pushes the person into doing the things that they do i agree and i disagree i know there's theories but i can give you examples see i believe that we ha- have a choice whether we want to lift that drink to our lips and consume it is is that choice propelled by a part of our past by um continued behavior repetition of behavior it could be smoking it becomes an addiction now i have a friend marcus he is he is an alcoholic and i sat down and i asked him a series of questions i said what what causes the triggers for you to want to start drinking again he went on a 30 day he he flew to san francisco california and stayed 30 days in um one of their rehabilitation centers and i said what is different than what i could give you right now he was well The thing is is not really anything different. He goes, we sit down and we talk about our past behaviors and our past patterns and we talk about the triggers that bring us to wanting to act on that trigger. And I said, well, how is it that a trigger is um ignited or initiated? He goes, well, we have to put ourselves in this environment. And this environment is by choice again. And I said, "Okay, so you you would not be triggered to drink if you didn't put yourself in an environment of a bar or you didn't put yourself in the environment of another person consuming alcohol. You would put yourself in a in an environment of maybe um friends that were partying and and there was going to be alcohol in that present would it be better for you to not accept that invitation and say no you know what i'm in a healing phase right now and i i need to stay strong and stay away from those type of situations because i become weak in those type of situations i fall back on to history i fall i fall back onto the voices of the past you know i'll share a story with you it, it was when um i was married for 20 years 
to my first husband. The first 10 years of the marriage um, were absolute bliss. My first husband and I, we would, we were home people. We liked um, growing gardens. We, we liked canning and spending our, our summers in the garden with our children. We liked being outside, having outdoor activities. I can remember we would invite all the neighbors to come over and we would roast um, a pig on a rotisserie. And each, each neighbor would bring a dish and they would add to that potluck for the afternoon. And this would either um, transpire on a Saturday or a Sunday. It was beautiful that there wasn't alcohol involved. It was just um, ice cold. We had a bucket, a, a big old barrel of ice and it had every type of soda that you wanted. It, it had um, all kinds of drinks, but non-alcoholic drinks. And, um, and then somehow in the course of time, we stopped growing the gardens we stopped being a family because there was a choice of behavior that my husband decided that his friends at work decided, hey, let's, let's all go together and let's go have a drink somewhere. Well, that, that sounded pretty enticing to him. See? And then one night of having drinks together turned into two or three nights of having drinks together. Now, the effect of that is that was a choice, see? Before that, he had committed something to his family. He committed to being a father, being a husband, being the head of the household. But he made a choice to change that and alter that. And it had a grave impact on us. I remember three months down the road after he started hanging out with his buddies at work, I started seeing changes and he got home one night and I asked him if we could sit down and talk. And I brought it up. I brought it up. I, I said, I don't understand what's going on. You're not coming home anymore. Now you're, you're driving home in the dark, drunk, you know, under the influence of alcohol, where you could risk um, hurting yourself. You're out chasing the police. Now, you know, one thing that I felt in my heart, a grave thing, is I, I am intuitive and I listen. I listen to the voices inside me. And the voices inside me were saying, this is not going to turn out good. You got to sit down and talk to him. But see, it was almost too late. I wasn't to blame. 
and I didn't take the blame. But what I, what happens is I started feeling resentment toward this man that I had married, the, the father of my children, my husband. I, I started feeling resentment towards him because he wasn't making healthy choices. He, he wasn't making um, inspiring choices that um, kept the family strong. It started tearing away at the very fabric and stability of what a relationship was. That is where now, after 20 years of marriage and enduring 10 years of a man that turned to alcohol and watch it change and beg him and bleed him and go to counseling and it still not did not change. You make you make that really tough decision that's gonna just even tear even more of the fabric of your soul. And you and you and you have no choice but to file for divorce because he refuses to get help with his alcoholism. Now, when, when I spoke with my friend Marcus, which I was talking about earlier, he said it's really hard to get past an addiction of alcohol. It keeps us, it keeps us sick mentally. Same thing with smoking. We don't really need to smoke. We don't really need to drink. But can we become strong enough that we can control it? Now, some people can't. I don't blame them. But it's such, it is such a trying thing. It's like I'm in a relationship with a man, Jeff. He's a beautiful man. And for two months now, we've been seeing each other. You know, I realized everyone has a past. Everyone brings a part of that past into their present, into new relationships. But it's it's on us to call that call on that past and and not allow a part of that past to come into a new relationship with a new person. That's why I wrote this. I am deaf to you now. I'm deaf to the voices that have kept my soul empty. See, I have awakened voices. And these are the voices that hone in on the authenticity, on the genuineness of who I am as a human being. Not just as a woman, but as a human being. And in those authentic voices, I have to pay particular attention to, to listening to them. I do not want to become where I shut off my listening. It's a scary thing when you turn your listening off to your soul and you turn your listening on to other people and other people have got a lot of their past and history that they're bringing with. And in, with all that history, it, you don't grow forward from it. I want, I'm 60 years old. Now I have a goal of living till I'm 100. 
Maybe that's an inflated number, but you know what? I have no problem trying to achieve meeting my 100th birthday. And if I keep being deaf to my past, deaf to the voices that will help me fail, I don't want to fail. I have a 13-year-old daughter that I need to strive and take those baby steps every day and practice it in living in fulfillment and happiness and joy every day. And I need to become deaf to those people that don't add to the happiness that I want to continue to carry forward with her. My gosh, she has so much ahead of her. And I need to be on point. I need to listen to the authentic self. I want to say, I hope you have a, an amazing Monday. I'm going to. And I want to share my self-healing poetry and quotes book with you. I'm going to read one poem out of it and then um, it will be time for me to go about my day. I'm going to read a poem. It's titled, What's on the Other Side? Let me find this. What's on the other side? Imagine your biggest fear is darkness. And you are homeless. You find yourself walking a train track. You are trying to find your way home again. And on your journey, you are faced with a choice. There before you, a large tunnel you must walk through the darkness to continue your journey home. Question is, do you have the strength to overcome the gripping fear? Or do you listen to see if a train is coming? Do you place your hands down on cold steel tracks and feel the vibration of an oncoming train, or do you give up in defeat? To fear and remain strong, fail then amplify until our fear is overcome within our ribs and we cast out defeat in the light of strength, of renewal, the resurrection of self, if I were to walk to what's on the other side, I would intensify what's already there. Now see, I'm talking about finding your authentic self. The biggest thing we hold is fear. How many times do we hold that fear and we stop ourselves? That's where we have to become deaf to that fear. That fear is voices running rampant inside our head saying, no, you can't. It's running with doubt. 
I each each time I do an episode, I'm going to keep coming back to particular points, to topic points, because it's really valuable and valid to our well-being. What's on the other side? What is on the other side of your fear, of your history, of your patterns? Have you gave it a chance? Have you gone on that adventure to really find out who you are? God bless you all. Take each hour and make it the most it can be. Think with optimistic thoughts. This is Linda J. Wolf signing out.